So today we get back into our sermon through 1 Thessalonians, and we're in chapter 3 today. Paul has been doing a long introduction in his letter, and today we close out his introduction, and next week we get into his practical instructions and teaching for the believers. But as we turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, I was reminded of when I was growing up, I had kind of this worrying tendency. Did any of you or any of you suffer from worrying about things from time to time? I was a bit of a worry wart at times growing up. Like if I'm waiting as a, as a grade schooler, I'm waiting outside the school for my mom or dad to show up and pick me up. Sometimes, you know, situations would cause them to be a little bit late. And I would start to worry. My friends are getting picked up. Oh no, and of course, before cell phones, um, and it wasn't that they were ever that horribly late that you know, it was a huge deal, but mom, you did great. <laughs> you did great if you're watching. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is I was worrying for no reason. And I was thinking, oh no, what if my mom got in a car accident? You know, it's 3.20 and, and where is she? Or sometimes as I was a kid at nighttime, I would just have these crazy thoughts popping in my mind. I would think, I wonder if my parents are still alive. You know, what if they're, what if they're dying? So I would get up in the darkness and I would sneak in. Oh, I can hear them breathing. Oh, thank God, they're still alive. They're, they seem to be doing good. They're not laboring in breath. They must be doing okay. I have no idea where those worries came from. Who knows where worries as a kid come from? So there are things in life that I've learned you don't actually have to worry about usually. And then there are legitimate concerns. And the Apostle Paul, in the letter to the Thessalonians, he talks about his legitimate concerns, his legitimate worries that the believers with their young, immature faith might fall away when troublesome times came. And we'll learn more about that and see it here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Starting there in verse 1, what's the first word in your Bible there? Verse 1. Therefore. Now, as we've talked about before, when you see a therefore, you've got to ask, what's it there for? And as we saw last week, Paul was talking in the last part of chapter 2 about his great longing and desire to be with the believers. He wanted to be there, but Satan had gotten in his way and hindered him. But he said, there are joy, our crown, our crown of victory, seeing them saved at the second coming of Jesus. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, chapter 3, verse 1, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. Now, if you read carefully in Acts chapter 17, the account of them going to Thessalonica, they spent time there, and then there were troublemakers that got a mob, and they got kicked out, as you recall. So they go on to the next place, into Berea. The same thing happens there. Paul leaves Berea and goes to Athens, but Silas and Timothy stay there to continue the work a little bit. So Paul gets to Athens, and he sees, whoa, this is a horribly secular society. I need as much help in the gospel work as I can get. 
And so he sent the Berean believers that had accompanied him to Athens back, and they said, he said, get me Timothy and Silas, send them to me. Eventually, you read in the book of Acts chapter 18 that they arrive. Paul has now moved on to Corinth, continuing his ministry. But he was lonely in the ministry, and he was so happy to have his companions with him. But in the back of his mind was this worry and this concern. But what about the young believers in Thessalonica? What about the the new believers? What are we going to do for them? And as much as he wanted his companions to be with him, he said, Timothy, we've got to send you. We've got to send you back. You've got to go back. Uh, I'd rather be here alone. And it was unclear if, if Silas was with him at that point or not. I'd rather be without you, bearing the loneliness in ministry and have you know uh, how the believers are doing and be there of comfort and encouragement. So verse 1, Therefore we could no longer endure it, and Paul was good at enduring hardship. We thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. Timothy, this fellow laborer, the Greek word there, sunergos, it's from where we get the English word synergy. Do you know what synergy is? It's essentially when you take two things that are good on their own, and when they come together, they produce a result that is greater than could have been by the sum of the two things working separately. Working together, they're stronger together. So Paul said, we sent Timothy this sunergos, this fellow laborer who, when he's with us, he helps us work even stronger. I tell you what, as Christians, we are not meant to go this Christian road all by ourselves, are we? We're stronger together. At least we should be. If we're not stronger together, that's because we need God to help us to repent. He needs to improve our characters. We come to church not just so that we can hear a sermon. And by the way, song service. I loved song service. That was really good. I love seeing all faces up here. But Clary was right. It is nice to see even younger faces. As she was talking about that, I saw just this morning my friend, who's about my age, has just gotten Botox injections to help his young face look even younger. And I thought, have we come to this? What have we come to? <laughs> well, we're happy to see all faces, but we come to church because we need the encouragement of others. But it's not just so that we can be encouraged. When you come to church, you should be saying to God, God, who can I encourage at church? Because it's not just, let me sit here on the pews and, all right, feed me. You know, do something for me. Bless me. When you come to church, you should be saying, God, who can I bless through you? Who is here today that needs an encouraging word? Now, I'll tell you another secret. It's not a secret. It's hard to encourage people if you don't know the rest of the people in the church. We need to do a better job of getting to know one another. We have potlucks, not just because we don't want to cook at home, so we make others slave for us, and they do it joyfully. 
We have potlucks, not just because it's nice to eat together, but because it is an opportunity for sunergas, for this synergy, for this encouragement, mutual encouragement and strengthening. It's a time where we can talk to one another, really, how's your life going? How's your, how was your week? We have Sabbath school, not just so that there's another time slot for teaching, but so that we can have synergy, mutual encouragement together. If we come to church and it's merely just a performance, I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of okay, but we're missing out. Amen? So this is something all of us can be participating in. When you come to church, I'm here for a blessing, but who am I here to bless and encourage? Paul sent Timothy, this brother, fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, and then in the last part of verse 2, it says, to establish you and to encourage you concerning your faith. They were new believers. They needed to be established, firmly rooted and grounded in the Christian faith. And they needed encouragement too. Paul was worried that they might fall away. Verse 3, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed for this. For in fact, we told you beforehand when we were with you that, you would, that we would suffer tribulation, just as it has happened, and you know. Paul said, we knew there was going to be trouble. We told you there would be trouble, and there is trouble and so we sent Timothy to encourage you and help establish you. Have you ever planted a garden before? Yeah. While gardens are vulnerable at all stages of development, I would say that they're most vulnerable in the earliest stages. It doesn't take much for a little seedling to get ruined, to get too dry, to have uh, an animal come and mess things up. When the plants are bigger and stronger and healthier, sure, they can still suffer from worms and drought and, and disease and bugs, but they're even more vulnerable when they're young. As Christians, we are never beyond temptation and discouragement. But especially early on in the faith, how much more nurture do we need? Paul sent Timothy to establish the believers and to encourage them. Do you need encouragement as believers? Yeah. Amen. Pastor Schooley, at 95, do you still need encouragement even today? Yeah. All of us need encouragement. That's why we come together. That's why Paul sent Timothy. He knew there was going to be troubles. Paul didn't preach this prosperity gospel where everything is going to be great. If you just put in money, God will bless you. Problems will go away. 